Hello and welcome. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Follow me on Twitter, GOP Josh 20, Gab, GOP Josh, Getter, GOP Josh. CNN president, the president of CNN who oversaw Chris Cuomo's tenure. And obviously all of the catastrophe that came with having Chris Cuomo on staff has resigned after a relationship with a co-worker. CNN President Jeff Zucker abruptly resigned Wednesday after acknowledging a consensual relationship with another network executive, an entanglement that came to light during an investigation of now-fired anchor Chris Cuomo. Zucker said he was asked about his relationship with longtime aide Allison Gullust as part of the Cuomo investigation, which revealed that the former anchor had aided his brother, the New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, as he navigated a sexual harassment scandal. I acknowledge the relationship has evolved in recent years. Uh, Zucker wrote a memo announcing the end of his uh, his nine-year tenure. I was required to disclose it when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. A memo to the employees uh, from Jason Kyler, CEO of CNN's parent Warner Media, said three network executives, senior executives, at CNN would run the network on an interim basis. Uh, Zucker has been an industry leader since he was a producer of the Today Show in 1990s. He ran NBC's Entertainment Division, where he was instrumental in putting the reality show The Apprentice during Donald Trump on air. Kind of ironic there. The thing about this, this story of him resigning due to this relationship is that this wasn't a hidden relationship. CNN executives said multiple times that this was not a a breaking story when this relationship came to light. From what I heard, um, I just saw it scrolling through Twitter. Basically saying, this isn't a, this isn't news. I don't know why he's resigning over this. It's known that they were they were close friends. They were in a relationship. He just didn't disclose it to the proper authorities, I guess, in the network. I mean, he was the president of the network, so I don't know what proper authorities there could be. But he um, he he quit. He resigned, and I think there's more to the story than is being told. I think there's more than just. He had an inappropriate relationship with a colleague, so he's resigning out of nowhere. I, I, I don't think that's what the story is. I think there's honestly more going on. We've obviously seen a lot going on in the Chris Cuomo bubble. He was obviously responsible for Chris Cuomo being the president of the network. We could see a lot going down with CNN, and, he, and he's probably trying to get out of the fire, take his money and run before it gets too legal trouble, too much legal trouble too. Far down the deep end. So we'll have to keep following that. And I will be following that. The The downfall of CNN is something I always hope to cover. Because CNN, fake news CNN is is not really a news channel. And if the president's going to resign, that tells me something big is going on inside the network. So Representative Andy Biggs. Uh, he is a very conservative representative, one of the only that decided to speak out against the June, Juneteenth holiday, the, the the pointless federal holiday. We're going to be completely honest, that is pointless. Congress must defund Biden's taxpayer-funded legal services for illegal aliens. Rep. Andy, Briggs, uh, Andy Biggs, a Republican from Arizona, is warning congressional appropriations that they must fund President Joe Biden, defund, I'm sorry, President Joe Biden's taxpayer-funded legal services for illegal aliens. As Breitbart News reported, details circulated of Biden's expansive legal services for border crossers and illegal aliens. 
an effort to help them remain in the United States by evading deportation. Known as LAB, Legal Access at the Border, the program would spend millions in American taxpayer dollars to contract with private legal firms that, that would then arrive then provide border crossers and illegal aliens with a range of services after they arrived at the U.S.-Mexico border in California, Texas, and Arizona. American taxpayers should not be paying for illegal aliens to be given free legal aid and uh, free legal aid services. The action would only further incentivize illegal immigrants to cross our borders illegally. There is some applause for Representative Andy Biggs saying the truth, standing up for freedom, standing up for the rule of law, standing up for borders, standing up for the foundations of a country. In a letter to House Appropriations, including Representative Laura DeLauro, Rosa DeLauro, I'm sorry, Kay Granger, Matt Cartwright, Robert Adderholt, Lucille Roybal Allegard, and Chuck Fleshman, uh, a group of Democrats and Republicans from various states, Biggs and 24 House Republicans urge them to ensure that no taxpayer money is spent on legal services for border crossers and illegal aliens. Taxpayer dollars should not be spent to help illegal aliens exploit loopholes in immigration law and remain in the United States. We request that you strongly oppose funding for programs that provide legal aid to illegal aliens in all future appropriation bills. The Republicans Republicans write, the Executive Office for Immigration Review, EOIR, recently announced legal access to the border program as simply the latest uh, initiative by the Biden administration that will encourage illegal immigration. Instead of spending money on this program, Congress should prioritize appropriations for apprehending, prosecuting, and removing illegal aliens from the United States, as well as the addressing the existing caseload of over $1.6 million pending immigration cases. It appears the program is intended to help illegal aliens exploit loopholes in immigration laws to allow aliens to remain in the United States. This could include encouraging them to file potentially meritless or worse fraudulent asylum claims. When we encourage illegal aliens, when we encourage these, what's the proper word, these these gangs to send their worst with drugs to our nation, we are encouraging it and we are actively encouraging it with this legislation. And with this this program, but when we encourage it, our crime rates spike. Access Americans' access to jobs trickle away because the Biden administration, the Democrats in power, and some Republicans, some globalist Republicans, are more worried about political optics are more worried about, well, if we don't let these people come to our nation, we'll be seen as racist. First off, you're not racist if you don't let people come to your nation. But if we don't stop this, if we continue advocating this, as as the Biden administration is doing, the consequences we see are going to continue to happen. Border control or border security, I'm sorry, is unable to keep control of the border. Young women are being sent here on birth control because they know on the path to the border, once they get to the border, they're fine. But once on their path to the border, walking, starving on their way here, 
they're taking birth control to make sure that if they are raped, they will not get pregnant. And that, that that's, a, that's a severe reality of these border crossers, of these people who are coming to this country unwillingly because they are told to by some superior and having to subject themselves to that pain, subject themselves to that horror. That is the activity that the Biden administration is actively encouraging. That is the activity that is actively promoted by the regime in power. And I'm extremely disgusted. And if we continue down this path of legal access, of um, taxpayer-funded abortions, as California tried to do, we talked about that yesterday on the show, if we continue down this path, then the fundamentals of our country are, 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 are gone. But they don't seem to care. One thing before we go to break, uh, about three or four minutes to break, is that Tucker Carlson, you know, the Fox News host, donates to Marjorie Taylor Greene's campaign. We actually have another story about Tucker Carlson later in the show. Contributed to Marjorie Taylor Greene's re-election campaign last fall. An FEC filing dated September 15th shows a donation of $250 to Green for Congress and lists Tucker Carlson as a contributor and Fox News as the contributor's employer. A source familiar with the donation told The Hill the contribution is connected to a bid Carlson placed on a rifle Green was auctioning off at a campaign fundraiser last year. A website for that raffle which lists the Barrett M8. Two A1 sniper rifle as the prize, and I accidentally clicked on the link, boasts that the weapon is the same type of gun that triggers the fake news media and Democrats all across the country. The raffle website lists the value of the gun at $10,000. Federal election law dictates any contribution of more than $200 requires a campaign, name, a campaign to name the donor and their occupants. It is unclear whether Carlson won the rifle after placing his bid. That's hilarious. And you would have laughed if you saw the meltdown that I saw in the Washington Post. Journalists aren't supposed to donate to political campaigns. First off, Tucker Carlson is not a journalist. He's a commentator, as am I, and I donate to political campaigns. He's not allowed to donate to political campaigns. Yeah, if I had the opportunity to enter to win a sniper rifle, the one that exploded the Prius on the video. Do you remember that? Do you all remember that? If I had the opportunity to enter that giveaway and I had $250 to do it, I would do. I don't care my employer. I don't care if there are some sort of journalist ethics that he's supposed to uphold, even though the left doesn't do the same thing. I don't care. I'm donating. I'm entering to win. Entering to win that, um, that sniper rifle. If that was my, if I had the opportunity. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about a couple different stories, uh, one of which also involving Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson being the most watched cable news show among Democrats in key age groups. The Ohio GOP lawmakers target big tech censorship and Nancy Pelosi eyes cap on State of the Union crowd to 25 House members. Why would they only want that little bit of people in the State of the Union? We'll be back right after this here on the Conservative Crusaders. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, and I don't think this is surprising to anyone, but Tucker Carlson is the number one cable news show in the nation. Tucker Carlson being the most based cable news host in the nation. Tucker Carlson tonight is the most watched cable news show among Democrats in key age groups. Tucker Carlson's primetime dominance has reached across the aisle, attracting more young Democrats than any other primetime cable news show. So that's not even among conservatives. That's among, like, Rachel Maddow, uh, Don Lemon, whoever's taken over for uh, Chris Cuomo. Tucker Carlson is topping all of that. According to new TV viewership data released by Nielsen slash MRI Fusion reported by Mediaite, Carlson's primetime show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, is the number one most watched show among Democrats in the key demographic of 25 to 54 years old. The data from the month of October shows that Carlson pulled in 101,000 viewers who self-identified as Democrats. MSNBC's The Mad Owl Show and Fox's Five were tied for second place, each attracting 88,000 viewers in the key demo who self-identified as Democrats. The next two spots are occupied by Sean Hannity, and Greg Gutfeld, who pulled in 81 and 73,000 Democratic viewers, respectively. That doesn't sound right. I don't believe that only 101,000 young Democrats viewed Tucker Carlson's show. See, they're kind of like me, where, where I... If I get to choose a cable network I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch a left wing. I'm going to watch a left wing network to truly see what kind of insanity there's going on in the world of the the left wing. And I don't think the right wing is insane, but the left might, and so that might be why they're listening to it. But I I, I believe more than a hundred thousand. Um, Matt Al, Rachel Matt Al. Still has a significant advantage in total Democratic viewership, pulling in a total of 908,000 viewers across all age groups. The five pulled in the second most with 732,000 viewers who identify themselves as Democrats, and Carlson followed close behind with 722,000. Um, Hannity and Lawrence O'Donnell, I don't know who Lawrence O'Donnell is, he's from MSNBC, rounded out the top five with 623,000 and 607,000, respectively. So, sorry if you hear hail, by the way. That's, or sleet, whatever the proper word is. That is Ohio right now. So, I don't know what the the number one demographic is for cable news. I think think it's like just middle-aged people. But the fact that Tucker Carlson, which is a... A right-wing, anti-Bernie populist. That, that, that's how I would describe Tucker Carlson. If they are turning off Rachel Maddow, who, let, let's see how Google describes Rachel Maddow. Turning off Rachel Maddow, who is a liberal political commentator. I don't know a lot about Maddow. But if they are turning off Rachel Maddow, who is taking a hiatus, I'll give her that, for Tucker Carlson, that tells me the tides are turning. 
The tides are turning, my friends. I don't know a lot of people the age of 25 to 54. I know more of like 15 to 24, maybe. But I know that in the group that I know, Tucker Carlson is not their number one favorite political commentator. And the fact that nationwide, among that key group of young Democrats, that tells me the tides are turning. And I'm very excited for that. Because if we have more people listening to the smart people like Tucker Carlson in our nation, I'm not nearly as scared about our nation as I was before. Unless they're just hate-watching. And if they're hate-watching, they might hear something that's actually kind of smart, and then they'll, they might turn the tide. But I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. You know, I, I, I'm a doomer. I'm a doomer. I'm going to admit it. I'm a doomer. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about this, which is kind of interesting. Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, lame duck speaker Pelosi, is considering limiting attendance at President Biden's first uh, SOTU, State of the Union, to 25 House members because of COVID-19. House Minority Leader told colleagues that Pelosi, California Democrat, is looking to restrict the number of lawmakers in the chamber on March 1st address, according to Axios. That's still a month away. Republicans were frustrated, even though Pelosi aide told the news outlet that a final decision had not been made. Uh, Mr. Biden last year delivered an address to a joint session of Congress which was attended by 200 lawmakers, uh, 55 House Dems and 25 House Republicans. A, full, a handful of senators, Pentagon officials, and Supreme Court justices also attended. The surge of the Omicron variant has resulted in 24 lawmakers getting COVID the past month. Uh, House Ma- Majority Leader, Maryland Democrat uh, Steiny Howard, on Tuesday became the latest member of Congress to test positive for the virus. The majority of the House is positive, or is, is vaccinated, right? That, that'd be my guess. If the majority of guests, not guests, the guests of the State of the Union, but the majority of Democrats and Republicans are vaccinated. I know a good number of them are. Why, and I want to continue saying this every time we talk about this, and why are we scared of COVID? If they're, if they're, if they're vaccinated, if the vaccine is, is, is effective... If the vaccine is good, if the vaccine is helpful at stopping the spread, if it's helpful at avoiding hospitalization, why are we scared? 25 in-person guests? My only guess is that at last year's joint session, Biden was completely overwhelmed by there not being five people in a circle spread out across a lawn in lawn chairs. That, that's my only guess is Biden was overwhelmed, so they're trying to prevent that from happening again. Let's see. People with dementia getting overwhelmed. Is that is that something that happens very often? You may feel overwhelmed. Yeah. So, so he could feel overwhelmed by having more than five people in Six-foot circles and lawn chairs. 
So they're gonna have twenty five people spread out across the chamber, and it'll look it'll look very sad. It'll look like we're all we're all protesting the administration, which may be what they're planning on avoiding is a protest of the administration. So a Ohio GOP bill. This is an Ohio House issue, but you know this is an Ohio show as well as national politics. Targets big tech censorship. Representative Al Corona, Cutrona, of Canfeld Field, first announced the idea last August as a series of bullpointed policy positions. House Republicans are trying to ban big tech censorship within state lines. The move comes as a response to social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook suspending or removing the accounts of prominent conservatives who violate their terms of service. Tuesday, opponents of the measure got a chance to speak before the House Civil Justice Committee. You know, right now, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm streaming this show on Station Head. I'm doing that for a reason today. When I knew I was going to be talking about COVID, is because it says on the page, on their main webpage, speak uncensored. Speak uncensored, no takedowns. So we're, we're, we're trying it out today. We're, tr- we're trying it out. Um, the legislation enforcement mechanism uh, envision users filing complaints with the Attorney General's office, which would be responsible for br- bringing civil actions. The legislation he filed with Scott Wiggum of Wayne County uh, takes a page out of Texas's abortion playbook instead. Uh, House Bill 411 bars government officials from enforcing its provisions in favor of giving individuals the right to sue. This reliance on private parties rather than public officials is meant to circumvent potential lawsuits that would keep the law from taking effect. Uh, Steve Delbianco heads up a tech industry trade association called Net Choice, and he warned that the approach wouldn't protect the bill in the long run. His organization has already successfully challenged similar, me- similar measures in Florida and Texas. Now, it'll make it harder to get an injunction as Net Choice did in Florida and Texas. But in my humble opinion, I think that was a change that was too clever by half because private lawsuits are under the same constitutional problems as the state did before in Texas. It's a start. This legislation is a start. I hope it passes. I hope it... I hope it... Um, it passes, it becomes law. And people conservatives and liberals who have been censored. I I said yesterday I don't support censorship. But I hope that if if this passes, it'll actually affect. It will go into effect. It'll do something. Because current laws, some of them don't do anything protecting against big tech censorship in different states. But I've been censored on big tech. I've been taken down from YouTube. Not that I'm saying I want to sue YouTube for money for it because I wasn't making money off my YouTube channel anyway. I've just, I don't want my right to speak taken away. I don't want anyone's right to speak taken away. And if this law prevents that, then the Ohio GOP gets some applause. And I hope it, I hope it does prevent that. But I'm honestly doubtful. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Assuming I still have power. We are in the middle of a of winter storm landing here in Ohio. I will talk to you all tomorrow here on the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned.